your host of The Cell. I invite you to listen to our program every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. Back. This is Felice, your host, and we have with us today Ms. Cassandra Tarver. And Cassandra is going to share with us how she came about with Dancing Through the Pain. Uh, it is a sickle cell uh, program that she has going on, and she's going to share with us all about her organization and everything. Hello, Cassandra. Hello, how are you? Then, of course, I have with me Mr. Ernest Kelly. My, so, how you doing, Mr. Ernest? Hello. Hello, Cassandra. Hello. Okay, Cassandra, Dancing Through the Pain. Could you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself first and then share with us how you started this organization? Okay, well, um, my name is Cassandra, and um, I have seven children, eight grandkids, um, been married 20-plus years. (laughs) Don't know the exact number. It's been so long. Um, My husband, he has the sickle cell trait, his brother, um, Keelian. Um, he had the disease, and when I first uh, met them, which was 20 years ago, um, I didn't know anything about sickle cell until I met my brother-in-law, Keelian, and um, he passed in 2007 due to complications with sickle cell, and in his passing and in me learning more about um, sickle cell with um, meeting him and, and, and my husband, um, I felt like it was my duty to spread the awareness so that people aren't like me who didn't know anything about a disease that predominantly affects um, our community um, until I was 19 years old. So that's how Keelian's Harvard Death Through the Pain came about. Um, when he passed, we wanted to keep his um, name alive. We wanted to spread the awareness and also get support out there to the warriors. Okay, so what year did it start in? Um, we started last year. We started um, in 2020, September in 2020. Um, we, um, so far, um, we are 501c3. We started in September of last year. So do you do community events, educational events uh, regarding yes. sickle cell? Sorry. Yes. So um, we, we got started in September. So what we have done so far, we was able to raise money to be able to deliver hats and gloves to Children's Hospital. Um, we also have events um, that we have. It's called Soul Wars. And it's a cooking competition. Um, we're going into our third event coming um, in April of 2022. And um, that event is a cooking competition where we have uh, local cooks and chefs from the community that come out and they compete and they win a um, cash prize. But as we're doing that, we're able to get the community involved and have different guests come and speak about sickle cell, what is sickle cell, how does it affect um, us, how do you get sickle cell, and just spread the educational piece about sickle cell at the events as well. I saw your brother-in-law's picture. He looks younger than, uh, he was, what, 30 years old, I think it was? Yeah, he 29. He, mm-hmm. he looked He looked like he was, like, 17 or something. It's just <laughs> yeah. a shame that that happened. Yes. That, yes. That, that, that happened for somebody that young. My uh, mm-hmm. best friend, I don't, I don't have sickle cell myself. My, I have a niece. A grandniece that has it really pretty bad. She's like six years old, and she's had a a bunch of blood transfusions and uh, some other things. She has a real uh, bad type of sickle cell where, uh, you know, she could be going to the hospital at the drop of a hat. 
So, yeah. and uh, my best friend, one of my best friends, he uh, back in the 70s. So I won't say my age. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? I'm not saying my age. <laughs> hey, hey, Ernie, you're not a woman. You're not a woman, so you can go ahead and expose your age, and we won't care. <laughs> I'm just going to say, in the early 70s, um, when we graduated high school, he uh, he he passed away not too long after that from uh, mm-hmm. sickle cell, and that's just one of the things about sickle cell. People don't understand, and you know, uh, when I, you look at him, and he just looked like a like a regular guy, regular kid. Yeah. You know, you you, mm-hmm. you just never n- knew the pain that he was enduring, you know, he used to tell me all the time about it. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I had thought sickle cell by the time I had moved, uh, went to college down here in Columbus, I thought sickle cell had been, they had had a cure for it and, and that kind of stuff. But I was really shocked that it was still, uh, affecting families throughout this country. Yes, it does. My niece also, she has um, sickle cell and she um, had a bone marrow transplant. Her first bone marrow transplant, it didn't take. And then um, she went and she got her second bone marrow transplant. And now she's doing really good with this second bone marrow transplant. She's in school um, and at Spelman. So um, definitely the one thing about sickle cell is it has no face. So you can't look at someone and be like, oh, okay, they have sickle cell. It has no face. Um, and they live through this pain and this intense pain. Um, I learned that with my brother-in-law, and he had blood transfusions often as well. We had a blood drive a few weeks ago because it's so important um, to donate blood because that is one of the 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 the, the things that help sickle cell warriors uh, through their pain crisis is being able to have that blood available. And unfortunately, um, in our community, is not a lot of uh, blood available. So definitely, it's definitely a painful disease that has no face. You know, now what I've noticed too with dealing with a lot of sickle cell warriors is that they don't even like to talk about it. You know, you could be your friend could have it and you wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so true. I remember when we started back in 2014. That is what I was uh, bumping up the door against is that you know you're talking to someone and it's like taboo for you to talk about it. And so, mm-hmm. and also too with that is those. Uh, individuals who have either lost a child or have lost a loved one to sickle cell, not wanting to be involved within raising the awareness. And I'm going to say yes. I was one of those people. You know, it took my mm-hmm. daughter died in 2002, and that was just something that I did not want to deal with. And then when God started putting on my heart that I needed to be part of the organization that I didn't even start, you know, it took me close to two years to worked through some demons, uh, but got one out, and then I agreed to be part of the organization part-time to help those young people, you know, do what they needed to do because they all worked, and I was getting ready to retire, and little did I know four months later I would be, ended up being president. Little Mm -hmm. did I know that as of, right, what is this, 2021, that (laughs) half of the things that we as the Faith, Faith Thomas Foundation have done uh, I never envisioned that I would be doing, but God has a way of working through people in order to get his, uh, you know, his work done. 
And I'm glad that he mm-hmm. has given you your march and your step uh, to join us out here in raising awareness. Because the more uh, organizations that talk about it, the more the word gets out there. And that it's not anything that's scary uh, to talk about. That it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to come out of the closet. It's okay to come out of the kiddie pool and put your big toe in that big pool with the big boys. And yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely agree with that because even. You know, when he passed, I'm like, oh, we need more awareness now. But I was always hesitant. I was always busy. Um, Something was always coming up. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it one day. I'll do it one day. But I will say that um, once I found out that it was my purpose and I start um, walking in it, I'm so passionate about it. I'm like, this was, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, the things that I'm learning along the way, because I'm still learning, I will continue to learn, is just mind-blowing. I mean, I didn't even know yeah. half of the stuff that I've been learning these last few months that I've learned even with being with my brother-in-law um, the time that we was able to have him. So I definitely think that um, it is important for, you know, for the advocacy, you know, uh, for us to get out here and, and to speak for the silent, to make noise, yeah. to be loud. Yeah, I'm, that's part of my new mission, too, is for uh, is to grab those individuals who have lost uh lost someone to it and that chooses Mm -hmm. not to no longer talk about it or deal with Mm -hmm. a hospital or smell of a hospital or smell of blood because those are the things that I had to, you know, really struggle with. Uh, The triggers. Yeah, I understand why they don't do it. I understand why they don't want to be involved. Uh, But I'm hoping that I can change some of those mothers, brothers, and sisters' minds to help join us out here because they have a full understanding of what someone is going through and is able to help, you know, someone else uh, get through it. So how successful was your blood drive? Oh, well, we we met our goal. So I was really proud of that. That was our first blood drive. So I was really excited um, that we were able to meet our goal. Um, and we're looking forward to do to do more in the future. I, I definitely want to keep that going at least once a year, if not twice, because and and I didn't even know that that was another layer that needed to be peeled. Because when um, I had first spoke to um, Rosemary, and we were talking about the budget, I was like, oh, okay, well, I can get like fifty people to sign up, no problem. But uh, once I start, you know. Getting it's out hard. there and asking people to come and donate—it <laughs> is hard. I didn't realize that. You know, it is hard but to get know, blood, and especially in our community. Yeah. Next year you'll have your list, and next year you can grow on your list because yes. your uh, Rosemary will give you that date. And once a year, you'll have your blood drive, your assigned date, and you'll have your blood drive, and you have your list, and you just keep growing the list. Ours is normally in uh, July. In so, July. Uh, yeah, that's when ours is. I, we host ours every year in July. But um, I'm happy about that. You know, when I saw that, I'm sorry I couldn't stop through. But that's I was okay. at a, a health fair with, uh, oh, it was Eden's uh, health fair that they had going on, and the Faith Thomas Foundation was part of that. So I couldn't attend your blood drive. But when, uh, I think it was like the week before that, uh, the Faith Thomas Foundation, OSHA, did a blood drive uh, for sickle cell month. Uh, and that's when I heard that you were having yours. And I'm sorry that I, I couldn't make it. I had a previous uh, engagement. But um, I'm glad that you met your goal. 
<laughs> yes, yes, it was so. I mean, that was just so awesome to hear. Like I said, I didn't even know that it was going to be that hard. And throughout it, you know, you get discouraged. You know, when you go in and you're trying to sign people up and you're trying to tell them, like, okay, you know, this is what's needed to help the sickle cell warriors. And, you know, and everybody have every, you know, my iron is low or I don't like giving blood and the different reasons you get discouraged. But what definitely what kept me going is every time I felt discouraged, I would get on to one of the um, sickle cell family private groups. And I would just read what the sickle cell words was going through. And I'm like, you know what? I have to keep going. So every time I get down, I just enter into one of the groups and talk mm-hmm. to these warriors, and they motivate me, and I keep going. But yes, it was definitely, yeah. um, it was definitely a nice time. Yeah. And it was a lot of but first donors that- out there. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is to get African Americans to donate blood because yes. if, um even though we get people to donate, if it's it's better if it comes from our own race than yeah, it is right. if it comes from another race because some mm-hmm. of that other blood could sometimes make the patient kind of sick, you know. So, and that is, like you said, it's hard to get African-Americans, our group here, that does impact 90% of this disease yes. to come out and get blood. So if it's you had some... That was great. <laughs> yes, we 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 had we had a whole lot we had a whole lot. So majority um, was um, African American. Like I said, I had a lot of first time donors. I, uh, my older kids, my grown kids, I got them out their first time donating, <laughs> and some family and some family members. Hey, so, Ernie, uh, <laughs> she, she was twisting their she was twisting their arm, telling them they better get over there. I did. I, I held their hand. I said, "Come on out. I'm gonna hold your hand." I was holding my son's hand. He was like, oh, my God, Mom, I'm like, we're doing it for the sale. We're doing it for the sale. So definitely, we had we had food. So when everybody got done, they had a nice spread, a nice Sunday meal to take home. So I did some incentives that way. But, uh, yes, I I definitely um, will do it again, and I will definitely keep that uh, up going battle with it. We're going to get we, – we're going to have so much blood coming in from the African-American community that it's not going to be funny. That's going to be our go. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good goal to have. If you guys excuse me for a minute, we need to take an identification break. Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Sale on 94.1 FM, WGIN, and WGIN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Besides the challenge that, you know, we all face getting them to give blood, have you had any other challenges? Uh, uh, since you since you guys started up, I think that's a challenge. The big challenge is people not knowing. So it's a lot of uh, African American, um, in particular, our community, and I and I say that because that's this, this is a community that it affects. They really mm-hmm. don't know much about sickle cell. And um, so yeah. it's just getting them to educate them and let them know how serious because since it's, since they don't know too much about it, they're like, oh, okay, well, what they're in a, they're in a little bit of fun. what is sickle cell. So I think the first is just getting the educational part out there and getting the information out there, and then um, getting them to support and to really um, understand what sickle cell sickle cell is, how it impacts um, our community, and how it affects these individuals that have this disease. I know that our just talking to the, um, going to talk to the board about our 2022 Red Diamond Gala uh, that has, after we finished it, it just kept coming up and kept coming up. And I, you know, I'm going to present it to the board is that 
I think our topic is going to be is what about trade? We mm-hmm. talk and we hold things, you know, at our events uh, that talk about to deal with sickle cell, to deal with bone marrow, uh, to deal with, every, you know, pain medication, everything. But we haven't really talked about traits. We need to talk about what is the impact of individuals that actually have the trait. What has yes. science and the trials uh, brought up about just having traits? Because we know that high altitude impacts them, and there's quite a few other things that also impacts them. So trying to also raise awareness about the difficulties of a person that has sickle cell trait because so many people feel if they have the trait, they don't have anything to worry about. Yes, they definitely. And then, and then what surprised me too is that still, you know, a lot of people don't even know if they have the trait. So Correct. some people who I talk to, they're like, oh, okay, well, um, I don't know if I have the trait or not. So they don't even know the importance of knowing if they have the trait. So if they know that if they would a spouse, they have the trait, you know, how the sickle cell disease come about. So I just think that it's just like a lot for me. It's just so much educational part that, that needs mm-hmm. to be hit first to get people up to speed of, what is sickle cell? What is the trait? What is the disease? What is the anemia? And that educational um, part, and then, you know, maybe we can begin to uh, break down some of these barriers and some of the hesitancy because even with, like, the Soul Wars event that I do, um, I take that opportunity and I do the Soul Wars event because, you know, food for the soul and also education for the soul. So once you get people out with the food, then you can educate their mind with, okay, well, let me tell you about sickle cell. So um, mm-hmm. definitely I think that, is that that educational piece is so important. And I'll tell my board members oh. as well because um, when we have events, they, they want to stay in their circle. And some people in their circle, and I'm like, we're not spreading awareness if we just stay in our circle. We have to go out and get people. We have to go out into the communities. We have to go out and have these conversations because pretty much I've been talking about it so much that everybody around me know what sickle cell is, but it won't do no good if I just keep it there. <laughs> I have to go out. So just that, just that, just that, that you know, getting out there and, and, and being the soldiers, you know, getting out there and spreading that awareness, spreading that education, letting people know what it is, let, how it can affect them, how it can not affect you, you know. So it, it, it's a it, it's a good fight. It's a good fight. I feel good about it. I feel like um, you, with me, you know, coming in contact with you, with you is a blessing. Um, you've taught me so much, and I've talked to you like two times. <laughs> so you know, there's been more just being able to go out there and just talk and and, and speak to others and get feedback and, and information and the educational pieces about it. I'm very confident that we can really start uh, making more noise. How, how did you go about selecting uh, the individuals on the board? Because, man, it's like uh, you got like a, a, a real think tank there, man. Everybody on there got a, what, a, a <laughs> master's degree in something. Oh. Well, two I know that two of my board members, um, they each have children that have sickle cell. And yeah, um, I when that. I started talking, so when I started talking about, you know, spreading the awareness and things like that, they were like, okay, I'm on board. We need to get this out here. How can I help? Um, another one of my board members, um, she actually, she works with my husband. And then when he had told her about what was going on with starting the um, Keely and Tarver, 
um, Sickle Cell Foundation, she was interested and she was like, okay, well, how can I join? Because she knew someone, um, she's an older lady, um, Ms. Underwood, and she knew someone when she was younger who had Sickle Cell. So um, that intrigued her. So I basically was selected a board. I kind of let people come to me. I didn't want to go out and just um, grab people and be like, hey, you know, can you be on my board? I want to people that I knew that was passionate about it. And then once they heard uh, my vision and what I was trying to do, that they wanted to be a part of it. And then so because, you know, I, I started um, discussing it months, maybe six, seven months, a year before I even went ahead and started actually getting the paperwork and becoming a nonprofit 501c3. So I just kind of let everybody, let everything just fall in its place naturally. That's cool. Well, That's real good. Yeah, you guys have been busy, though, and I, I was shocked when you said you got started in 2020, because uh, you guys have been busy. I I mean, just the, oh, amount, man. Of, uh, the, the amount of activities that you have had, I thought you, you have been doing this for about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we jumped, we, we, we jumped head first. So when we first got started in September, we did, that was the first, that's when we did our first, uh, well, we started in August, um, but uh, we did our hat and gloves ride. And then after that, we've been full throttle. Yeah. We did the, our first soul wars in, in March. Um, we did the uh, blood drive. We did another uh, soul wars in um, August. Um, we did, um, we have different individuals that reach out to us um, that have uh, the, the sickle cell. We make visits to the hospital, dropping off goodies and treats. So what I'll try to do is I, I want to remain active and I want to do something every month. So that's what I tell, um, I preach to my board members is like, you know, in order to stay um, active, we have to be active. So that's, that's my whole, that's been my whole motto. Uh, we're starting this is like we're not just going to sit back and be like oh okay well we're a nonprofit. what are we going to do like no we have to continue think about what we can do with the community how can we spread their awareness what events do we need to do next we have a another we have a feed the community event in um, november 28th so it's, go, it's a feed the community hat and glove drive so we'll be doing that again um in november so it's just keeping and then but we got that in November, and then April we have another Star Wars. So just keep it active and keep it busy, just steady coming together with a think tank, and how can we spread this awareness, and how can we reach the people in different ways that we can do it. You know, you, uh, I saw on your, your website where you guys were actually saying that you would help uh, people, now maybe I read it wrong, but like put them up or something like that if they needed help. Give them a uh, give them a place to stay. Yes, yeah. that is yes, yes. Yeah. So our ultimate yes, so our ultimate goal. How that came about is um when my niece when she had her bone marrow transplant, when she came home, yeah. um luckily she had a, a a landlord that was able to accommodate, but the carpet had to be ripped up, the 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 water had to be filtrated. It was a lot of things that went into her coming home to recover from her bone marrow transplant. So what we eventually want to do is we want to provide these homes that are already equipped with a safe and healthy environment for um, sickle cell warriors that um, are has went through the bone marrow transplant or if they just need a place to stay because, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, we all know that one thing about families and when they're battling this sickle cell, it, it sometimes it's hard for parents to keep a job, especially if their child is in and out the hospital yeah. with pain crisis and different things yeah. like that. So our ultimate goal yeah. is to have these safe homes 
for these families to go to so they can concentrate on getting better and healing and getting the, the support that they need for the disease versus having to worry about um, how they're going to pay their bills or where they're going to stay at the next day or do I have to go to the hotel while my child is recovering from a bone marrow transplant. So that is definitely um, one of our goals is to acquire, you know, homes, safe homes, equipped with everything that um, the sickle cell warriors need inside that home so they don't have to look any other place when they're trying to recover and heal. And well, then we also do a, we did a haircutting ceremony, too. Um, we would do a haircutting ceremony as well. We did this, a haircutting ceremony for a sickle cell warrior. Um, you know, they get chemo and, and all that before they go into their bone marrow transplant. And so um, instead of – she was young when she had to get her um, hair cut off, and we know that it's a lot of things that these young kids go through, and one of them is when you're looking at a young girl and she has to cut all of her hair off because she has to get chemo, yeah. even though we know it's for a great yeah. cause, but, you know, it, that could affect their spirits. So what we did was yeah. we had a haircut ceremony. We called the family out. We had a, um, a venue. Um, we let different family members cut a piece of her hair. And then we had a beautician there that shaved her hair ball and then a photographer and a makeup artist so that that, um, that part of the process don't seem so um, – what's the word that I'm looking for? They don't feel so ashamed or something's wrong with them. Yeah. More to uplift them. More to uplift them so. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is a uh, uh, definitely a uh, wonderful thing you guys uh, are planning to do. That is a a big a big part of it. People, I think, you know, for you know, kind of overlook that. You know, even though a family member may have the sickle cell, the, the whole family is suffering and stuff because you sure don't want to see your relative, you know, sitting there going through the kind of pain that some of these people go through with sickle cell. Yes, yes, and it's a, it is a lot. So, um, you know, just just keeping busy and just trying to be supportive. You know, when we get – when we talk to these different words and they tell us what they need or, or how they felt or what can make their day better or what can make their process better, just really listening to that and then coming up with steps to how, to, how can we help you. Ernie, do you have any other questions before we get ready to um... – uh, Just – uh is the November event is that going to be your last event for the year and what, do you guys like sit down at the end of the year and and go over each event yes yeah, so the November 28th event will be the last event of the year and then we'll sit back with our think tank um and think of what we can do um for the the next year 2022 so then we'll look at what we did and we'll evaluate what helped what may have helped where we could approve what we can add um so we'll definitely go over um all that in our meetings when we wrap up for the end of the year so we have the concourse the concourse event studio 6119 east main street from three to seven and it's free for the whole community. We're just asking that people can just donate a hat um, or, and a hat and glove, hat or glove or both. Okay. Make sure you send us an email. Okay. Definitely will. Okay. Definitely. Uh, Cassandra, is there anything that uh, you would like to say to our listeners? Yes. I would just like to say, uh, first, I want to thank you all for having me on the show and, and giving me a platform to use my voice. So I want to thank um, everyone for tuning in. And definitely um, we're doing it for the sale. That is our motto at KTBTP is we're doing it for the sale. So um, you can look my website up, KTBTP.org. Okay. <laughs> you have a... mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
So I just look forward to, you know, continue to the good work. Continue to good work and, and building relationships and hopefully this ain't my last time of talking with y'all. Oh, I'm sure oh, it's sure. not our last time talking. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so I thank you for coming on. Uh, when I met you, we, yes, we did talk, and I knew that I wanted to get you on so that you could share, you know, about your organization to our listeners. And, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, the Faith Thomas Foundation is glad to have you as a partner in the future and a warrior yes. in the future, us out there beating the uh, beating the ground, trying to raise awareness yes. Yes. in various different formats. So we we definitely appreciate you being out here. So I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. This is Felice, your host. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is FaithThomasFDN.